0: It's a punk rock classrooms podcast, season three, episode eleven. Educational mission and punk rock ethos.
1: Alright, my man, you ready? Yeah, you ready? Right. I'm, I'm oh yeah, that's right I always start off. Uh, Good morning, good afternoon happy commute. Uh, If you're in like the Midwest area, hopefully it's a safe commute if you're listening to this uh, right when we dropped it. Um, I am Mike, Principal Extraordinaire out of Lansing, Illinois. And this is Josh Buckley,
0: a Title I School Improvement Specialist from Mesa, Arizona. And We want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast where we talk about bringing that passion, that unity, and that DIY attitude sprinkling all over campus and uh, making the best place for kids to learn and the best place to teach. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's all right if, if you know, you're not experiencing Snowmageddon or if when you were a kid, you experienced it and you were the smart one and wore your moon boots to school and switched as opposed to the punk rockers who would wear their Chuck Taylor All-Stars slush through the snow and pretend they weren't uncomfortable with wet socks and feet all day all day we can still we could still all be punks here at the <laughs> punk rock classrooms podcast we're going to talk about this idea of
0: of mission and vision and, and, and kind of the idea of when we think about punk rock and we've talked about we've talked about the idea of conviction in punk rock and the idea of conviction and hardcore um but we talk a lot about the idea like for us we talk passion, unity, and DIY a lot. It's kind of our ethos, right? The punk rock ethos that we want to bring into this. As educators, you can, like, you should bring whatever your ethos is, whatever your mission and vision is as an educator to the forefront of what you're doing. When we listen to music, you know, when you listen to bands like Seven Seconds and you listen to Youth of Today who brought those sort of like that youth crew mentality of, you know, positive youth, positive growth, those sort of things into what they do. Right. And we look at that and we say, like, that's what they were about. They they let you know they were about it. Right. Earth Crisis lets you know what they were about in a very angry <laughs> right. way, but they told you they were about it. Right. right. Uh, they told you they were ultra militant. They wanted you to know. But I think for us, I think that we have to own our mission and vision and our ethos as educators, we need to put that in the forefront for of what sure. we do yeah. and let it guide the decisions we make. We, like think of like, I know Pearl Jam isn't punk rock, but think of like Pearl Jam not using Ticketmaster, right? And right. for how long they're like, look, we don't, we're not gonna overcharge for tickets. You think of bands like Fugazi who are like, we're not gonna sell merch. We don't do that. We charge 10 bucks for a show and that's it. That's what we do. Right. And they live that way. They ran a record label, right? Discord records ran on that sort of mission and vision of keeping punk rock DIY of keeping prices or whatever at a way that, that, that people could be a part of the scene. Right. So let's talk about this from a, an education standpoint, Mike, as, as an administrator and as a teacher before that, I'm sure you're how you phrase your mission has probably changed, but what you want to do probably hasn't, right? So why do you think it's important for an educator to kind of like own that mission and vision? And how do you use your mission and vision and what
1: you do? Yeah, it's interesting. Cause you know, when I, I, I was thinking back to when I was a young teacher and I remember uh, one of my first or second years, like you know, is opening institute day. We were a junior high, so we had a you know t- huge staff, and um, we got into groups, mixed groups. I wasn't with the ELA department, you know. It was a mixture of different uh, staff members, and yeah, we the goal was, hey, create. We were creating a new mission and visions. We're creating new mission and vision statements for our school and the principal, he was a brand new principal also. And uh, this is his first year with us. And he wanted all of the groups to come up with some of them. We're going to, you know, put them all together in the hopper and kind of come up with what are the common themes everyone's coming up with. And, you know, after that, the next couple of years, it was always like, Oh, your department, your grade level has to come up with a mission and vision. Yeah. I never bought into it. I always was kind of like, I was a young, dumb teacher. I'm like, Oh, okay. I got our things to worry about. Like, I'm going to create the statement and never look back at it. But now, you know, being, being a building leader, I I see the importance of it. And yeah, for me, mine has changed. And it's funny because, um, my mission, like I, I have it as one of my opening slides when I present at conferences. Right. So I'm going to read it to you. Um, I used to say every child, and on my actual slide, if you ever come see me present, you'll see child is now crossed off, and then I have one. So every one will build confidence in themselves and their strengths, knows how to problem solve and collaborate, display empathy and kindness to others, and leave school determined to change the world. So, like for me, if if you've listened to the show, if you've followed me on any social media, like you know that I'm always talking about relationships. I'm always talking about building relationships and and collaborating. And we've talked about it. Like the the school, all these kids are our kids. It's not, these are my fourth grade students. Like, no, these are all our students. Like we're all hands on deck. Like we're passing the mic. We're all part of the show. And, you know, it's important for me to have this mission statement because it kind of will keep you, for me, you know, I do have it on display in my office, which is probably not a good spot because I'm never in my office to, to see it as a reminder. But it's almost like when you're having those days, like you said, like how your day was today, um, you know, like this week, my assistant principal is is out on FMLA and I've been flying solo and I have just been nonstop like from when I walk into when I leave, just like doing everything and being exhausted. But it's important to go back because it's almost like we talked about before, like revisiting your why.
0: Yeah.
1: This, to me, like reminds me, like here's why I'm here. I'm here to to empower these kids to know that their voice matters. Like no matter, you know, every, even down to my kindergartners, they have a voice, they have strengths and they, they need to know that they can unite with others and change these problems in the world that are long overdue to fix like us at our age like i know we're not old but i mean you we're both in our 40s now yeah. so you just turned 40 yeah. about a month ago right, right? <laughs> so yeah. like like the the things that need to be changed not even i'm not even talking in education i'm talking about our world like the kids are the future like the kids are the ones who are going to be able to bring that change yeah so like, that's like my mission. I need them to not waste away their education or not, not think that they aren't seen or heard. So that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. And, you know, for me, it starts with, I need them. It's not just, and that's why I cross off child because it's not just the kids. Like I need right. to empower our staff. I need our staff to know that they have, have this amazing, you know, responsibility and right the way they can shape the kids it's my, our parents let them know like you have just as much say in this school in your kids education as we do so it's it's me just trying to get the empowerment out to um all these other groups <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally, I totally get where you're at. And I, I remember too, like, for me, I remember as a young teacher in, well, even before, and when I was in my program, we talked about like, what kind of teacher are you? Right. Like what's right, your, right. what's your, I can't remember now what it is. I know what you're talking about. Like, you know, you're like, are you a change agent or all those right. different things. Right. And I always saw my role as like, look, I'm here to like do things differently. I'm here to change things. I'm here to do that. And I know for me, for I, my work in the union side of things had me often times writing, talking about mission and vision through that lens. Right. Right. And I think of it now, like there's one thing that's always guided me no matter where I was at, whether I was in the classroom, whether I was a union president in the education sphere or now in my role outside of the classroom and this sort of quasi administrative role or whatever it is. Right. Um, For me, it's always come down to every student right? Like every student deserves a high quality education, every kid. Right. Yeah. So when I was a teacher, it was because every student deserves a high quality education. I'm going to do my part in the classroom to make that happen. Right. I'm going to have an impact through my PLC or whatever it is as a union leader. It was because every kid deserves a high quality education. I'm going to, you know, help others, you know, like, share their voices with the state legislator speak truth to power those things to sort of support education right now and now in my role now as i as i'm moving forward i'm i'm our district is as has these they do this leadership development stuff with our with staff um across the district you can apply to be in the program you're part of the program i'm in the program this year i should have done it two years ago but two years ago the world kind of did what the world does right (laughs) Right. and then last year i was like i i have absolutely no I have no, like it was on the same night as my, as like my other meetings. And so I was like, well, can't, can't do that either. Um, So this year I'm fine. I'm finally doing it. And, and one of the things we're tasked with is like creating this. So I took something I had written a long time ago in that sort of, in that sphere of union work. And really the crux of it is still that because every kid deserves the best education possible. Right. I often, when I would speak to, Legislators. when I would speak to rooms full of educators, when I would, you know, there was one time I traveled across the state to meet with a room full of teachers and community members in a little tiny town to talk about uh, collecting signatures for a, um, for a, 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 a proposal to go on the ballot. Right. Mm-hmm. And even then it came down to every student deserves the best education possible. Right, and yeah. here's what we're going to do to make that happen. So for me now, I, you know, that's always guided what I've done. But I think the thing that changes is how we do that, and I think you have to continually right. reflect back on that, right? So if you if you want to take that Fugazi analogy, you can go like Fugazi as <laughs> a band wanted to wanted to do this as a band, right? And they were going to do it by. Charging minimal for shows. They were going to do it by creating an environment where people felt safe going to a show. They weren't going to get slam danced into, they weren't going to get hit or anything like that in the in the space they were in. They didn't want to become corporate and have people, other companies make money off of their product because kids liked what they were doing, right? They didn't want to become that sort of shill or whatever you will. Right, right. And then when you think about it, when they The same guys, you know, you think of um, Ian going in with Discord and all the Discord, it's the same thing, but in a different scale, right? Because we want to make the scene accessible, we're not gonna charge this much for records. Because we want to embrace DIY, we're gonna invite bands to be on this record label that are X, Y, Z, right? Those sorts of things, I find that really powerful. So for me, I think the how has changed. So right now, mine is because every student deserves the best education possible, I will cultivate a community of learners and educators Using caring support, trusting relationships, and collaboration, I'll bring my passion and my belief in the power of collective action to advocate for and drive our campus towards creating the best educational experience for all students. Right, like two sentences. They're supposed to be one sentence, right? It's usually supposed to be one, but I can't. I am a little verbose, so I I, punk rock coming out, right? I buck the system is what I say. You know, like you know, I'm gonna flip the table and do what I want to do. but I, for me, I feel very much like that exercise and looking back at something I, I was using before and finding a way that what's at the core of what I want to do, right? What's at the core of what I believe in, but always updating it to how can I make that
1: happen? Right, And I think that's, I think that's a thing because yeah, like my, I've had this mission statement for, for a while. I mean, even if you just go back to when I used to say every child, I mean, I've had this for years and I've shared it with my staff, but I I agree like the, how is what changes. And, and I've really with the pandemic that's opened my eyes because, um, you know, you, you can't it's just like teaching you can't be that teacher and we know there's teachers that do this that just photocopy their lesson plans from year to year to year thinking everything's (laughs) going to be the same as as it always is and you can't like every year is different every month is different i mean there's times where my approach to to building these relationships and to to showing you know our staff and i mean because it's still like (sighs) School culture is not a one-time thing. Like it's, it can, it can dissolve so quickly. Right. It's a
0: process, right? Like it's it's not, it's not
1: a one-time event. You need to keep with it. And so like, for me, you know, I take the main approach like with right now, like now, if you were to ask me a few years ago before the pandemic, the staff was in a great spot. They knew they could take risks, and and myself and our assistant principal supported them. Um, they put relationships first, and so my main how of living this mission was my interactions were almost almost a hundred percent with the kids. You know, I was pulling kids in the hallways, just always talking with them, communicating with them. And, and doing what I can to like let them know they're hurt. Now, right now, with everything going on in in the world of education, you know, I, Illinois right now, um, we have this whole mask mandate thing in the courts. You know, are they gonna are they gonna appeal the governor's uh, mask mandate and make it optional? And you know, what are school districts gonna do? And our district's in the middle of negotiations right now. So, you know, you know how that goes when mm-hmm. it's a negotiation year. So like right now, my how for this mission, I'm putting a lot of focus on the staff. Like, not saying I'm not having those connections with the kids, but to reach this mission right now, because you know, I, I need to get ourselves back to where we were. Right. And- your focus changes, right? Yes, but the mission doesn't. Right, right. It, it's 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 like I'm I'm in. I've been reading, um, uh, extreme ownership by uh, Jocko Willink and uh, Leif Babin, and they were Navy SEALs, and it's kind of like they, they always reference how you know the end goal when they are in war is you know everyone has the same end goal, depending, no matter what branch of military you're in but each mission each individual like battle that you go on your role changes you right. know your approach changes like you might have you might have been the lead you know contact or the lead um the the lead person in this mission and then the next mission you're in you may be taking that back seat and then we've talked about this before letting other people lead because yeah, yeah. It, it has to shift with with things you can't just always do it the same way.
0: Yeah. And I think it really comes down to, I think, When we talk about the idea of like crafting this mission and vision, it really comes down to like, what do you believe at your core and and how do you make that happen? Right. And that how comes from the sort of why, if we, if we want to kind of talk about, you know, the Simon Sinek golden circle idea of like, start with why, right? For me, that why is every kid deserves the best education possible, right? That's my why. So how am I going to get there? Why is my mission? How do I get there? becomes the other piece of, of, of fleshes out the rest of that mission, right? And I think as educators, it's really important so that we can, if you have that in your mind, if you have that ethos in your mind, if you have that, you know, that sort of like drive back there, when you go to make a decision in your classroom, when you go to make a decision about your lesson plan that you're doing, when you go to make your decision about how you're going to react to a student in your classroom, or how you're going to deal with a colleague, or how you're going to be X, Y, or Z, it comes down to does this move my? Does this get me closer to my goal, to my right. mission, to my to my why? Right. And if it doesn't, why am I doing it? If it doesn't, what purpose is it serving? Do right. I do I still need to do it? And I think as that's that's for a classroom teacher, but also for a a, a school lead, you know, a school administrator. Um, what are you doing to support? your staff to reach that goal, right? If that's your goal, you know, my goal, you know, around the idea of like, you know, using collective action, the belief in collective action, I have to make that happen. I can't, I shouldn't be doing things that are counter to that. I shouldn't be leaving people out. I shouldn't be going solo mission on making some decision, on on making, you know, all the decisions that are, that are, that are happening with a school. Um, If you want collaboration, Mike, you know, you you talk about on there, you have to make time for that in your building, right? We can't say we want these things and then just expect them to happen. Our actions can't, our actions can't be. Con, con, contrary to, to right. that, to that goal, you know, then, then we'd be, you know, then, you know, it, you're, you're counter to everything you're saying and what you put forward. So I agree with you. I, you know, you I mentioned earlier, being a young teacher and going like this, this thing, right. As, as a young teacher, I, you know, I wouldn't have thought about this,
1: not because I don't think it's
0: important, you know, not, I guess, because I just didn't think about it.
1: Right. I, I would just more like, focus on, no, you're like, focused I'm, I'm going like, to get in there. I'm going to teach these kids. and have a good time. Yeah, learn. Like, right.
0: Um. And maybe, and maybe that's, maybe that's, you have, we all have a mission. We all have a vision for what we want our classrooms to look like, what we want our schools to look like. Putting it down on paper or saying it out into the ether, throwing it out there makes you more accountable for it.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: When you you put pen to paper, you go like, okay, this is what I believe in. This is what I believe. Everything I'm going to do has to back this up. We talk a lot about on this podcast, passion, unity, DIY. If what we're talking about is contrary to this sort of do it yourself nature, if it's contrary to, unity, if it's contrary to bringing your passion to what you do, why would we talk about it? Right? Right. So this is that thing. This is your passion drives what your mission and vision are. Otherwise you're not going to be in it. You're not going to, you're not going to be behind it. You have to believe in what it is. You have to take those convictions and that belief with you, that core ethos
1: as you move forward. I think that's a key thing, you know? And I, and I think another key thing is you have to It has to be something like, you have to have the passion behind it. It can't just be something you put down to put down because you think it sounds good or what other people want to hear. It's what you believe. Right. And, you know, it's, I think it's really important to share it with those those you work with your colleagues, whoever, because when they know like what you stand for, what your end goal is, like why you're in education, because we all became educators for various reasons, you know? Right. We, we we all have different um, backgrounds of why we wanted to to do this this you know noble job, and it's I, I feel when we share it and I've put mine out there and I've had staff been more open to share with, you know, their teammates um, share with us as, as a, a staff meeting kind of why they do this and what they want to, what their mission is. It's, it's powerful because then it's kind of like, man, all right. Like that's not what my mission is, but I want to support you and how can, you know, if we all have it's going to bring that unity piece together right you know like when when we all know each other's whys we all know each other's missions we're going to we don't want to see anyone. Fall behind and fail. Like we want all of us to succeed.
0: Right. And there's probably more collective agreement than maybe you think there is, right? Like on on our campus, we have a set of collective commitments, right? We do a big piece, we have a mission and a vision statement for our campus. And then we have our collective commitments. These are the things that we agree that we are going to strive for in order to make sure that we achieve this, this, this idea. Right. And so I think those collective commitments are really, really really important because we've all said, yes, we think that, that we think relationships with parents fostering those relationships is really important. really important. Put it on. Wow. I just need the table. I wonder if that's, I saw like, wow. that whole camera shook. Yeah. The whole thing just moved <laughs> around. I wonder if like, if by putting it on the board, by putting it, it's everywhere, right? You go to the bathroom, there's a laminated thing on the wall in the staff bathroom <laughs> so I don't have to worry about any poop being on it uh, right, right. that says, here's our collective commitments, right? Here's what we believe in. And you can look at that and you go like, I do believe in that. So when I make that phone call home today, am I building a positive, you know, collaborative working relationship with a parent or am I speaking to them in a way that is anti to them,
1: right? Well, it's kind of, I, I like that because we, have, we haven't we have done the, the, you know, collective commitments. I kind of like that approach because- <laughs> To me, we all can have our own mission. Obviously, we, we just established that, you know, but we're all on the same team and those collective agreements sh- should be something that regardless of what our mission is, regardless of what our why is, here's a as a team. We are working towards. Yeah, that's not, I think maybe maybe that's something I do next year. I really, I really do like it. And it's a good
0: process. You talk together, you work through it and you say, what can we commit to? What can we commit to doing this year? If we want to make sure that our, you know, that all of our students are having, you know, the the highest educational experience possible, what are we doing to make that happen? And I think it really fleshes out tangible ways to make that happen, right? When we read a mission, it can feel fluffy, right? right like, right. You, know, um, it, you know, it can feel pie in the sky and it should, it should feel like, you know, when you say all, all is hard, but all means you've got to put in the work. When you say all right. kids, that means you have to put in the work to do that. So how do we do all kids? How do we, if we say all kids, how do we make that happen? And that's by putting pen to paper, putting your conviction out there and saying, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And you might have a different way to do it. Our front office staff, has a different way to create those relationships with parents than right. our classroom teachers do than right. I do. Right. Um, my role interacting with parents is different than a, a teacher in a classroom. As well. It's different than the front office role. How are we, how are we going to do that? How are we going to help us reach that goal? But it helps us flesh out. Yes. We're going to build, because we want every kid to learn, we're going to build positive relationships with parents so that they can help us make that happen. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, that, that means that we all have to, we all have to work towards that. And we can look at that and we go, okay, how do I build those positive relationships? What are the steps? Okay. If, if, if we want all kids to succeed, we know that parental involvement is important or guardian involvement or, you know, family community involvement. How do we make that happen on our end?
1: How do we important. do that? It's. And like you said, I think even, you know, teacher to teacher, their approach is going to be different. You know, I've yeah. got, I've got, obviously parent involvement is, is huge that we all agree on. Um, granted, we haven't, you know, put it down like you guys have, but I've got one teacher the other day. And I mean, she told me it was parent teacher conferences. She goes, I'm way better at communicating through her mind than I am making phone calls. And they're great. Like, you know, she still makes phone calls, but like for her, and her parents have, but they've grown accustomed to that culture, knowing that if yeah. this teacher, you know, it's, it's not that she is not being personal or she doesn't have the time for me. Like, they know, like, that's the best way that they're going to get a, a response immediately is through that rather than, yeah. you know, that I have other teachers who will stay until until every parent has been called that needs to be called and then they go home and you know, so there's, there's no matter what the collective commitment is like, there's yeah. still, there's, there's always a different way that we're all going to reach that, but we yeah, all know it's important.
0: Right. And I think that listing those things down helps us take that squishy idea and sort of really solidify it. What are the steps yes. you can take to make that happen? Right. 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 When you talk about wanting kids to feel like they can change the world, what are the steps we can take to make that happen? Right. What are the things we can do on our campus to make that happen? Right. You know, there are, there, there, there could be a myriad of ways, but let's agree on some ways we can do and let's commit to making that happen. All right. So here's what you know. Fugazi had their <laughs> ethos, their mission and vision, and you can have one too. Look, if Ian McKay can do it, you're Ian McKay, You can do it too. You can make it happen. Right. Uh, so we could continue on. I know we could. But food for thought, here's what, I would, here's what I would leave you with. If you have a mission or vision, go back and look at it. A personal mission or vision, go back and look at it. Does it reflect how you feel right now? Does it have where you're at right now in your role? Do you still feel that? If not, revisit it, fix it up. If you don't have one, think about why you do what you do. Think about what you want for your classroom or your school or your district, if you're a district leader, and jot that down and think about it. And do it something that you really believe in. Don't just put the words that you think are, are right, right? Because I know my vision, my vision talks about you know, collective action. And that comes from being a union kid who grew up to be a union leader and said, hell yeah, collective action, right? So I, I think that we we might have different words in there, but they should back up what we believe in. So take a look at that, take a look at your your vision and your mission or construct one that you think works for you. If you have one for your, here's what I would also ask you. If you have one for your school, when's the last time you and your colleagues looked at it, right? If you're the principal at your building, when's the last time you and your, you and your, your school community looked at that the last time you
1: agreed. Yes, let's do that. I think it needs to be looked at, you know, at least once a year if yeah. not i mean if not you know re- why not revisit it halfway through the year after you come back from winter break also like you know we we have our our staff reteaches you know expectations and cool tools or whatever you want to call them when you come back from an extended break like i think it's the same for us like these are you know it's it's yeah. if you don't revisit it and you don't you don't practice it and you don't put action behind accomplishing it it just becomes a a platitude that you created somewhere and it's shoved in a drawer. It's a bumper sticker. That
0: doesn't mean anything. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. All right. So
1: this is the punk rock
0: classrooms podcast. It wouldn't be the punk rock classrooms podcast. If we didn't talk about what we're listening to Mike, what have you been? What have you been? What have you been listening to man? What's been driving you? What's been getting you going?
1: Yeah. So, um, I've been listening. I mean, obviously, I've been listening to a lot of uh, my my most recent pick, "Escape from the Zoo," um, but I have put on. So they're they're going on a tour, and they're they're you know with a band called Public Serpents, who I've never heard. And so I checked them out on Spotify, and it's it's what you would expect a tour with "Escape from the Zoo." It's like a <laughs> punky, it's like a punky ska, kind of yeah. crusty sounded band. Like, and it's interesting because the the in spotify is weird you know how like sometimes like you 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 just mentioned this to me yesterday how an album that you used to listen to is just gone and i've seen that before i remember suicides suicide machines destruction by definition was just gone for almost a year then it just all of a sudden popped back on so these the public serpents like a lot of their stuff is from years ago like nothing is recent but they're on tour so i wondered. Did they get back together? Is there something that works? Yeah, or, is, yeah. or, or is Spotify just behind the game on the material? Maybe Who check, knows?
0: Band, check band Bandcamp.
1: That's the next right. place I go. Right. I
0: can't find it on Spotify, check Bandcamp. Yeah. Uh, what about you? You know what? A lot of like good singles and teasers have been coming out right so like that's all that's been i know so Xside put out those two songs yes. for the next coming album and then inclination put out two songs for their new album that's coming out inclination put out a great album called midwest straight edge a couple years ago they put out another good album like two years ago uh dude it's just it's just heavy it's heavy midwest straight edge and you know i'm not a straight edge kid but I love conviction and passion. Yeah. So if you yeah. can, if you bring it into a song, I'm in, I'm like, yes. Right. I'm yep. here. I agree.
1: hundred percent.
0: And Chubby and the gang put out three songs for <laughs> Valentine's day. And I it was just, it's just a fun, like, I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm here for it. So a lot of little albums or little teasers have been coming out and it's just like, I just, okay, I get three songs. Let's listen to the next three songs by the next yep. band. Uh, so that's been really cool. So I don't listen to you. All right, folks, you know, that you can find us on the internet at punkrock episodes there you want to check out the show notes if you want to buy yourself something sweet from the merch table the link is there if you want to check some blogs you want to check some poetry you want to see and check out the link to mike's book that's there too all sorts of cool stuff um you can check out all of that goodness uh the last episode if you didn't listen to it you should go check it out dr brandon beck was on with mike talking about uh his book um unlocking unlimited Um, potential Unlocking unlimited yep. potential. Un, un. Yep. Uh Go go check that out. Episode out. It was it was a really good conversation. Uh, you can find us on the social medias. We have the same handle in both Instagram and Twitter at Punk Classrooms. You can find Mike on both of those at Mike R Earnshaw, and you can find me on both of those at Josh R Buckley. Sh- shoot us shoot us a message. We want to talk. We want to chat. We want to know what's going on. Want to hear what's up with you. Uh, yeah. So that's that's what i got dude how about how about you anything else before we go
1: no that's about it except that uh where are we gonna see him at no well we're gonna see you at the show show.
0: That's right. Mike, I'm going to do something that we don't ever normally do on the show. We do something we don't ever normally shoot on the show because something happened today and I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. I'm going to take yeah. one second before we get into it today. And I mentioned it to you already. So I'm going to lose the shock factor, but I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> today, I am in the front office and two second graders come in and they go, Hey, where's Miss Gabby? Miss Gabby's our, our facility assistant, right? Our, our person who takes, takes care of everything on campus, right? And I go, She's not up here. What do you need, guys? And they're like, We well, need to talk to her. I'm like, well, just tell me what's going on. They're like, There's there's poop on the floor. <laughs> I go, There's what? <laughs> they're like, it's in the bathroom. I said, Okay, I'll 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 take care. Of, I'll get Miss Gabby. We'll we'll take care of it. And they go, Okay. So they walk out and then I walk outside, like we have a thing, you uh, you get on the radio and you say code brown, wherever it is. <laughs> I don't want to go on the radio and say code Brown, Mike. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So I step outside of the office and I go, Miss Gabby, what's your location? And she tells me where she's at. I'm like, okay, there's a there's something in the bathroom. Mess. We'll probably clean it up. And I find her and we see each other. And as I'm walking out, two boys, two fifth graders see me and they're like, Mr. Buckley, Mr. Buckley. There is, is a mess. It is. There's a mess in the bathroom. It is everywhere. I'm like, "It's what?" They're like, "It's everywhere." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh god, boys. Everywhere?" Mr. Buckley, it's bad. I'm like, okay. So then <laughs> I go, "Okay, I see Miss Gabby. She goes in. She goes in to take care of it." And like, "Now we're on the hunt, right?" Like, "What happened? How did this happen?" Miss Gabby comes in after she comes in and she goes, it was very bad <laughs> tells me like it was <laughs> like it was on the soap dispenser. It's on the oh. floor. She's like, she's like, it didn't look like it was just an accident accident. And so I was like, Oh man. So now we're on, I gotta be a poop sleuth, right? I gotta be like <laughs> Sherlock poop and find out what happened. And so Did you ever- we're trying to find out what it is. I, so it's by the, it's by the second graders and it's like, kind of kindergarten could make their way there. They're not supposed to use that bathroom. Right, right. But the way it was described to me, it seemed like it wasn't someone trying to be, dis- it wasn't someone like being a poo graffiti artist. And I'm sorry for right. that. sounds disgusting, but it was a mess, right? So I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like a second grader. I don't know, like a second grader would say, I'm like, I'm going to go to kindergarten. So I go to kindergarten I go through each room consecutively and I go, has somebody gone to the bathroom recently? <laughs> no, no one go to the next one. No, I go to the next one. And the teacher's like, yes, why? And I go, Oh, well, <laughs> I was kind of a, you guys, the thing. And so I call him outside and he's got a spot on his shirt.
1: <laughs> oh God.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, Hey bud. Hey bud did you go to the bathroom? Which one did you use? And he points to the one where the mess was. I'm like, did you make a mess in there? And he goes, and he just shakes his head very slowly. Yes. And I said, and I like, look at his hand, his hands are clean. Right. So like he washed his hands thoroughly afterwards. Oh, That's good. Right. That's and, good. I, and I said, did you, did you, was there an accident? And he goes, mm-hmm. like just shakes his head. And I said, did you try to clean it up? <laughs> <He> goes, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but let's go take you to the nurse. Let's go take you to the nurse so we can get you, we can get you cleaned up and shake. <laughs> it was like, right oh. at the end, it was right at the end of the day too. And I'm sorry people, if you heard that and it grossed you out, but I needed to talk about it. And maybe you have your own. Cooper sleuth story oh, as well. We oh,
1: we've maybe you do. we've we've got plenty on our campus. I, we've I, got I've been we've a, got one who's been doing it on purpose, oh, and we I'm cannot a, catch them. And I <laughs> and here's the thing though, like we know it's it's got to be a first or a second grader, and we myself, my assistant principal, you know, we've done the bathroom logs, we've gone into the classrooms thinking with the mess you see like you're gonna smell it on right the person like there's no way they would clean like you need to like take 15 showers right after, <laughs> like after doing the like you said the poop graffiti and we cannot find this kid and i'm asking the teachers like does anyone ever like are they ever gone for does anybody smell like
0: poop like-
1: right and the teacher's like no i haven't noticed anything i'm like okay well yeah because we noticed it and the bathroom <laughs> is a mess okay oh, that, so that sucks. that's
0: the that's my that's my gross story for today so i'm sorry punk rock crew if that's if that was too much for you but as someone who was a high school teacher for a very long time it didn't have to deal with this and then my principal oh. looks at me and she's like Welcome to elementary.
1: Yep, was what I was going to say, man, welcome to elementary. That won't so, be the last time. I know, I
0: know. All right, so let's, <laughs> let's get into today's episode. That was a weird aside, and I apologize, everybody, but I had to get it off my chest, just like that kid had to get it off his pants.
1: This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts, at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.